And we're live. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we've got a guest on the show. So we're going to go ladies first. Uh in alphabetical order, that would be Madam Stabby Stab. Can you introduce yourself if people haven't haven't met you before? I am Marissa. I am married to Mr. Nick up here. And I know everybody through him. So that's me, but they call me Madam Stabby Stab. Mr. Nick, when did that happen? When I married him. Oh, you, you leveled him up. Okay, I got it. I got it. And that's uh, I believe her. All right, we have Mila. Can you introduce yourself to the uh, to the audience? Hi, I'm Mila. I mean, <laughs> um, and I'm just a big Last of Us fan. So, okay. So, the next part of the introduction, dear listener, is uh, Marissa already. I'm excuse me, Miss Stabby already covered how we knew her because uh, she bosses Nick around, so that works. And the other part of the introduction is how we found Mila. So she was actually uh, an Uber fan, like she mentioned. And so when we were doing show prep, we ran across her in a Discord group, and the rest is history. Mentioned why we were preparing, and she's like, I'm inviting myself to the show. And so here we are. Yeah. And, and Absolutely love it. The, this is, she comes at it because she's plays the game and has seen the show, so she knows compared both. I've only seen the show. And um, Nick, are you a game? Did you play the games as well or just the show? Uh, I've played, played the games. And, uh, well, the, the first game. Okay. What about you, Sadie? I've only watched the show. So that's two of us. And then, um, Seska, did you actually play the game or just watch the show? Oh, no. This is so not my genre. <laughs> I, I have checked out the show. I don't understand why you people like it. Like we, this we should have gotten um, Massa and, and, and uh, what's his name? Who... Um, who doesn't write zombies that are zombies? What's that guy's uh, John? John Ringo. Ringo. I kept wanting to say Ringwald, but I knew that wasn't it. The author of what was Ringwald now? He's Ringwald now. Dang it! All right. So uh, the next part of the introduction. So the last time you were on, uh, Miss Stabby, you got to answer the religion questions, but uh, Mila has not. So uh, be- because we do things that way, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, or Firefly? Um, I'm not a fan of. Any, but if I had to pick one, I guess it would be Star Wars. All right, and why Star Wars? If you were picking, likes to cry. Um, because this is gonna sound so lame, but I love Baby Yoda, and I know that's Mandalorian, but that's what I know about it. And it's in the Star Wars All franchise. The universe. It is. It's canon. All right, and then for the fantasy side, because we are polytheistic, uh, we've got the Wheel of Time. Uh, we have Game of Thrones or Conan the Barbarian. Game of Thrones. Through and through. Wait, why? You're the first person that's ever said that. Because I've never heard of the other two. <laughs> I need to get her on Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> what? Wait, what? I've never heard of the, I mean, it might be my age, but I've never heard of the other two. I think. I think she just called us old. Oh, I'm always wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when Conan was written. 
This is true. I, uh, I parted the Red Seas with with Moses. So, you know. Definitely going right. to um, a movie night. Get caught up on a couple things. Yeah, I gonna should. To, we're gonna have to give her homework when she leaves. All right. So obviously, yeah. we mentioned we're here to talk about The Last of Us, which is. Uh, we're going to review episode one of the HBO series, The Last of Us, based on the video game franchise of the same name. Uh, and so without further ado, I'm going to run through how the interview or how the episode is going to be. We've done this before, but we'll talk about the blurb, um, which is basically the ad copy. We'll show the movie trailer. We'll talk about whether that would have made us watch it or not. Talk about the characters, who they are, what they were, were they believable, were they sympathetic? And because this is a conversion from a video game or from another existing property we'll see how well they blended the two um the two venues we'll talk about the plot the world building about some of the cinematography uh movie posters if applicable and there was one for this and then we'll go with our overall thoughts so that is the structure of our outlines and uh now let's get started because you don't want to hear me blabber about that so the summary first off the uh we're again the last of us Season one, episode one. The executive directors, for those that care, Caroline Strauss and Evan Wells, write, written and produced by Craig Marzin, Mazin and Neil Drunkman. Druckman? Yes. Drunkman. All right. And the, uh, the uh, game developer was um, Naughty Dog Games. And the reason why some of those extra names, we just normally do one director, are important is because a lot of those names were crossing over from the people that produced the video games. So they, they actually had people on the TV series that HBO is doing that were involved in the production of the games. And so we thought that I thought that was worth highlighting. Yes. Yeah, because there's there's T right now on the internet. internet. Yeah. Uh, so the cost of this uh, is because because it's behind the paywall, it's the cost of an HBO membership. And since that's varied by location and by package, we'll just say, you know, whatever your HBO membership cost pays for it. I think the lowest tier is like 10 bucks a month. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, and so for the duration, the first episode was an hour and a half. I suspect follow-on episodes will be the standard hour format. That's pretty standard, I think. They've already came out and said it was going to be the standard hour. Okay. They, I talked about splitting that first episode up, but, but they wanted to stop it like two, two children had died in, in the, the show. So they were like, yeah, we'll do an hour and a half. Just people coming back. I kind of enjoyed the fact, I mean, I remember when it used to be every series premiere was a two-hour pilot. Yeah. Which, when you take out commercials, ends up to being like two, an hour and a half to an hour and 45. So I really did like that. Except for the fact that it's not really my jam. But I did like that. I, I think that, for one, it gives you enough meat to decide if you actually want to continue on, typically. Well, since this wasn't your jam, we'll let you pick the next review topic, um, and hopefully we, we won't hate our lives afterwards. Jupiter Ascending. Siska, you're breaking my heart now. Come on. <laughs> I don't do zombies. All right. I these are, do zombies well, these are different with my ex. Ooh, brutal. Marissa, you were, excuse me, Miss Stabby, you were, you were saying when um, Doc started speaking? These are different types of zombies, though. We always hear about virus zombies. This is one of the first times that, you know, you're seeing fungi zombies. You don't hear about them very much. Fungi. Because you guys are both in the same room on different... Because you two are on the same room at opposite mics, if one of you can mute while the other's talking and back and forth, that'll stop the echo. 
But um, but yeah, this was the first you said of fungi. Um, we were talking in the pre-show, uh, Mila. You were saying that this is based on an existing actual virus or, or something. Can you tell us what you what you were in the game? It's it talks about it a little bit in the beginning of the show, but the um, it's a fungus that infects ants and it takes over their brain and it makes them essentially climb up to the top of the trees and then they'll throw themselves down and the spores explode out of the ants, therefore spreading it to other ants. The main goal of this infection basically is to spread it, not to devour like your typical zombie. So it's pretty fascinating. Okay, now we are going to go over the ad copy. Um, so The Last of Us takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes br a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. So that is the uh, ad copy by the HBO from their website. Um, I mean, it's a good description, but I don't know that it would, like, uh, as ad copy, they need to hire some people. That's all I'm saying. I think it was a little bit, from my opinion, a little bit lazy, and they were counting on the, the name of the franchise recognition to get them through the door because that is not the most compelling ad copy. I don't know. What did, what did everyone else think? Um, to me, if I didn't know the franchise, I don't think it would make me uh, click on the TV show to watch it. To me, it fell flat even as a mega fan of the franchise. What about you, uh, Stabbies? I do have to say, you know, that was the first time I actually heard it was you just reading it. And I, if, if I didn't see the trailer pre beforehand, then I probably would be like, eh, maybe if I'm bored and I need something to watch, something new to watch. But unfortunately I found out about this from the trailer. So. All right. Um, and what a lot, you know, Doc's already said she wouldn't watch it because this isn't her jam. So we'll, we'll call that her answer and we'll, we'll move forward. Um, I thought it was pretty good as far as summaries go, though, um, as far as what was happening. I thought it was super, super basic, though. Yeah, but you, you don't want to give away too much either. So for summaries, they, they kind of have to be basic. Yeah. Um, Mila and uh, and Nick, since you guys are both uber fans of both versions of the franchise, do you guys want to weigh in, or are you, you satisfied with that summary? Uh, I am, but it's, since I was already a fan of the of the games, like, like yeah, you guys could have, just could have probably tripped a little bit for someone that you're for a group that you're trying to bring over to water to watch the show. A lot of people just just aren't gamers, you know. And with the you know the dwindling down down of Walking Dead, I think I think they really have just. Kind of propped up the fact that yeah, it's zombie, zombies, different kind of zombie that we that in before. I, I, that's just just my take on it. I'm like I was gonna, I was gonna watch it. I've been tracking this for a while since they announced it. Like I think think last year, con. So I've I've been looking forward to this. So I I was in in either ways. <laughs> they were they were already into the converted. Yeah, they were preaching to the choir in this one. I think they're counting on that at least initially. So, all right. So this is the fun part where I'm going to hop over and uh, and show you the movie trailer, and then we'll talk about that, which is uh, Miss Stabby already 
hinted at was what got her involved. But so I'm going to show all of you. And for those of you that are listening to this on podcast form, we will link in the show notes, the actual uh, on YouTube, the video to watch the trailer if you so desire. If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? You haven't seen the world, so you don't know. You keep going for family. I'm not family. No. Your cargo. Why are you so important? Somewhere out west. They're working on a cure. I think what really impressed them was the fact that I didn't turn into a monster. If she so much as twitches, <laughs> don't. <laughs> on the best way west yeah go east you've come this far and you know what's out there you're not gonna scare us scared him you have a greater purpose than any of us could have ever imagined Careful who you put your faith in. You might not be her father, but you're someone's. You trust me. All right, so the uh, the end looked like um, a golem climbing up that. But uh, what did you guys think of the trailer? Did it did it convince you to watch it if you weren't already going to? What did it have? Yes. All right, elaborate. What is it about it that appealed to you? Um, even if I didn't know the games, I think just the new take on the zombie genre. I liked um, the action in it and. Even how Ellie, there's the part where she does the, the kind of like the zombie twitch and every, and they just look at her and go, stop. You know, that makes me laugh. That makes me want to go into the show and sit down and watch it, you know? Okay. What about you, Saska? Um, it actually made it something that I'd be curious about because for one, as, as Mila pointed out, the zombie twitch scene that, it lets me know that they understand they're dealing with the serious topic, that there has to be some brevity or else for uh, or moments of lightness or else it's just an ingruciatingly emotional slog. And I'm not into those kind of shows. Like, so it, it, cause I just, 
they just get depressing if they're just a downright emotional slog. Um, I do like the fact that it's less about the fall. I really don't need to see another fall of humanity. Um, I think we see that every, uh, every year <laughs> to some degree. Um, but yeah, we don't, I don't need to see another fall of humanity. I, uh, but something maybe about rebuilding, that's kind of the tone felt a little bit more like, Hey, okay. We all know things collapse, but how do we go back afterwards? That's actually yeah. an important question that the genre of uh, speculative fiction addresses because there are some fantasy series that are set modern world forward after a collapse. Um, mm -hmm. The Shannara Chronicles uh, is, is that way. And so the question every is... Every which way but dead, uh, the, every uh, dead witch walking series, the Hollows is done that way too. Yeah, and, and the question is, can we come back? There is some speculation that all of the resources that would allow us to, you know, become industrial age again, if that fell, all the easily accessible stuff we already got. So, it, you know, the stuff we would need to fuel that revolution, for instance, potentially is inaccessible at this point. So there is speculation in, in, in the scientific community that if a fall happened, it, it's game over. So that's an interesting question that we, we wrestle with in the genre. Yeah, yeah, I definitely say it would be game over. Um, it's going to be a pretty steep learning curve, though, because we have to go. We have to go research libraries because most most of that stuff already out there. It's in, it's in libraries. It's in universities and their library libraries. Um, um, finding guys that's that the guys and gals have the right hair on their shoulder, shoulder and the uh, to let you learn what other people have already written about and rebuild for build for I mean we're talking engineering math well mathematics everyone knows basic mathematics but not me but not JR have you seen how he does his math series I mean you invert oh, the numbers one little time and call friendly fire on your own position <laughs> and they never let you live it down <laughs> happened once yeah, once pretty much but no I, I would say it's game over and that's I'll say about that. Well, we'll save that for future show. <laughs> okay. So, uh, before before we move forward, listeners, if you're enjoying our review of this specific series, uh, we might let Doc bow out because this isn't her jam. But the uh, the rest of us could come back and make this. You know, every couple episodes we do a, a review up that, that brings it current. If that's something you're enjoying, um, because I mean, I was hooked enough at the end of this that I, I want to keep watching. So, I I watched it because I love all of you. But yeah, well, which well, is weird because I read the Black Tide Rising series, which is very similar in in premise. But yeah, yeah. Okay, I um, don't know. What, maybe in a book, it was just a little less in your face. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, did uh, Mila? You were starting to say something about the uh, movie trailer. Oh, no, I was going to play off of what Seska said earlier, where I would love to see the fall. In the TV show, you only get a little clip of right at the beginning of the outbreak, and then you jump, time jump 20 years later. There's so much that could have happened between now and then, and even in the games, we only get Joel talking about what happened afterwards after... Can I talk about the? I don't want to spoil anything. Am I allowed to talk about certain events in the show? Well, yeah, because the show, I mean, everything in the show is mostly from the game. So I don't know how you avoid spoilers 
and talk about a, a franchise that exists this I'll just put a spoiler warning on it. Okay, so I want to know where Joel and Tommy went after Sarah died. You know, they Joel only talks about it a little bit in the game, but I would love to see how they ended up all the way in Boston from Texas. You know, those are the things I want to know. I want to know more about the fall. It's That's just me loving uh, post-apocalyptic stuff like that, I guess. And that's just me. It definitely... It definitely calls for some flashbacks, definitely, because I had the same feeling watching it. I was like, um, how did he get that far? Like, hmm. So I think they definitely need to throw some flashbacks in in the next couple episodes just to kind of give us an idea of how they all got to where they are. Exactly. So episode one starts in 1968 where they're talking about, you know, sort of foreshadowing the viruses and funguses and, and bacteria. Then we jump to 2003 where we meet the characters where the, this is when the outbreak starts. And then they jump, like she said, they jump forward 20, 20 years, 20 years to 2023. Um, are there any books in this franchise? Cause there, you know, that could be a way that they're, they've explored some of that too for Canon. I'm or, not a hundred percent sure. I know there's a lot of collectibles, but I can't be all the way sure if there's books. I know they definitely um, take up a lot of space on um, some of the fanfic sites. We found that one prepping, but obviously none of that is canon. If you didn't know that, by the way, none of that's canon. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's definitely an interesting take, I think, on the zombies. Uh, there's definitely room for that to be explored in in book form, which might might be up Doc's you know alley as, as it goes. But who was the main character in your guys' opinion of this? Was it just one, or did they have multiples? Multiples. Yeah, I mean, it starts off as Joel is your. And protagonist and then they start introducing more stuff um like tommy becomes a bigger character uh mila is that her, is that her name yes yeah it's actually a fun fact um the person that played her in the in the game is also the actress that played her in, in the series yes marlene marlene go. thank you um according to amazon there is a few the last of us books but if they're, they're actually interesting, we'll have to check uh, those out. Oh, no, there are books, books. Never mind. I think missional fiction to this. There's guides, there's all kinds of, kinds of other stuff. Apparently, the, the last is also a parenting book. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but never mind. Never mind. After zombies, I mean, that is an important skill to have. You know, I mean, okay. I hear that's how teenagers behave in the morning, but oh, yeah, they walk. Uh, sorry. sorry. So, one of the things that this show didn't sort of addressed that I thought was kind of neat was everyone thinks, oh, I'll just keep looting as more and more people die. We'll just keep looting their stuff and we'll just be good for a while. I don't think people fully grasp the shelf life of things like gas. Obviously, everything in the cooler sections are dead. They're no good. But then you got to think even canned goods have a, a shelf life. Unless you're getting prepper level 25-year storage, you're not, you're not going to have much 20 years later. And um, People like, well, I get MREs. Those actually only have a five-year shelf life. Some of the newer oh. ones have ten. Yeah, you're gonna have the old brown bag where you can't even read the lettering on there, know what you're getting. Could it be the four fingers of death, or is it corned beef hash? Who knows? It's an adventure. Adventure. <laughs> I mean, but, we even saw the shelf life on the batteries. They were going around trying to trade for a car battery, and they couldn't even get that. So. But they actually hinted, I mean, they didn't really say it. It was one of the subtle world building things, but that there was one 
of, of the quarantine zones that was producing nothing but bullets and food. I mean, and pills like pharmaceuticals. Pills, yeah. So, I mean, the idea, you know, and obviously you're going to have some brain bad folks figure out how to make their own meds. Um, no, no, and, yeah, yeah. He's going to drug, <laughs> but you're going to need, you're going to need the ability to produce the things to sustain life. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to shoot this zombie. It's like, well, okay, but how am I going to eat so I can, you know, have the strength to lift this rifle and run and, and do the things. And they, they sort of hinted at that, which I liked. So, all righty, we will move on. So, uh, Stabby, uh, did you have any opinion on the main characters? Did you think it was Joel plus, or did you, did you think it was just him? No, I think you have multiple main characters. Don't ask me names. We all know I'm horrible with names. It took me over a year to remember yours. But, you know, um, I think, you know, you have Joel, and then you have the little girl. Ellie. Ellie, and she's a hoot right off the bat. You can tell she's got a whole lot of spirit. She's definitely going to be playing a main part. You have her keeper that, you know. Marlene. Thank you. <laughs> I really am horrible with names. If I didn't have to know mine, I probably wouldn't. Um, but I think um, I think there's we're going to have a few more characters pop up along the journey and really kind of make you either really love them or really hate them. I think it's going to be multiple people. I don't think it's just going to be dead set on one person. I kind of agree with that. I was going to, uh, they kept you guessing because they opened up with nobody characters, you know, the 1968 scene that set the world. You're like, Oh, this is interesting. And then they jumped to 2003 and we've got the girl, Sarah, I think her name was. Yes. And you're like, okay, she's the main character. And then you, you meet her dad, Joel and, and Tommy, her uncle. And then it jumps. It's, so it's like, every time you think, you know, but he, he didn't, well, they didn't quite go George R. R. Martin where they make you like them and just kill them. Cause some of them actually lived through the season. I mean, through the episode at least. So yeah. I, I thought that was a, a good way to do it. Um, so now that we've mentioned some of the main characters, uh, what did everybody think of them? Uh, Joel and, and Ellen. Was it Ellie? Ellie. E-L-L-I-E. She going to school you, boy. You better better keep ill. <laughs> so, so Mila, what, what did you think of Joel and Ellie? I think Joel's character really embodied the Joel from the video game. And um, Ellie, she really nailed it. Um, but Tommy, we haven't really witnessed a lot about Tommy yet. I mean, by the time, you know, you get to the time skip, Joel's is out there looking for him, trading cigarettes for information. And, but I think all the characters so far have done a really good job, even if one of them is dead already. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, uh, well, first off, uh, Stabby, Nick and, and Saskia, did you guys have any opinions on the, the main characters? No, I, I think Mila uh, hit it. Uh, um, the characters are really good, and we're we're gonna find a lot more information. I do want to know how Tommy got all the way to where he was, um, I, and I have a feeling that the show will be told flashbacks a little bit. Joel actually Hoping. mentions what happened to Tommy in a conversation yeah, I, with Marlene. He blamed Marlene for uh, Tommy because he was like he joined you guys, basically placing the blame on Marlene. So. I'm speculating that he joined the Fireflies and that's how he ended all the way out in Wyoming. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot. That that thing about the show too is like we're doing a rewatch, rewatch before start of the show, and there was things that I was missing uh, on my first run watching it. I was like, oh wait, that was the getting thrown in the pit was from, from earlier after the time jump. I didn't catch that. So so I I feeling there's gonna be a lot of that going on in the series too, which is pretty exciting stuff. Well, some of the blogs and, and the Discord channels and stuff that exist for this franchise were saying that if you know what you're looking for, there's a crap ton of Easter eggs, both to the games. Um, one of them they mentioned was the movie they watched when um, Sarah and Joel were celebrating his birthday at the, the beginning of the outbreak. They're watching this movie that exists that's, only in the franchise. Yeah, that's an Easter egg to the second game. Um where Ellie and Joel were kind of beefing in the second game and she wanted to make it up to Joel. So she found the movie for him and she says the movie name, which is the name on the DVD case. And so one of the things that I liked about that, just reading it is because the fact that they paid that much attention to the source material, because we've all complained ad nauseum about franchises when they made the movies of it. And it's like, they didn't read, didn't like, didn't, you know, didn't engage with the original source material. And this one is very obvious. They, you know, they, they were, they were all on board. Um, so before we move on from the characters, I know one of the things that people were complaining about was some of the, the race swapping that happened. Now I've looked at pictures of the guy from, um, and was it the, Oh, the actor that plays Joel Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I mean, he looked enough like the main character, the fact that he's Hispanic and the other guy was white, like, that's sort of irrelevant. They had enough lookalike that I mean, that's pretty much all you can hope for. In Their a movie. voices also, because um, I I, I will admit, because we were doing this, I went and uh, watched like a, a thing that was talking more in depth about the show, and um, and they played an audio clip. The, uh, his voice sounds freakishly like the character from the game. It does. And then the the girl that played Sarah was not as pale, shall we say, because she was she was obviously mixed race. But, I mean, when you're talking about converting from static properties or, or, you know, graphic properties where you can draw what you want versus taking it to IRL, sometimes you've just got to, you know, you've got to work with the talent available. And sometimes there's not going to be a one-for-one, you know, comparison, you know. And I, so I don't have as much of a problem with that. As long as it doesn't feel like they're doing it to pander to various groups, of insert here like if it's just for whatever reason like i, I didn't really have a problem with it and, yeah. and the actress like she nailed it like she sold it uh, i was surprised that she had as few acting credits as she did the girl that played sarah because because she had chops for it she's i have to agree she was amazing i think she fit the part perfectly even if she was mixed race white hispanic i think she did perfectly did uh, did you guys notice any of that specifically, you Nick? Since you also played the games, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's when I, when I, and I and I hate the trace swapping, but um, for lack of a better term, when that happens, there's like certain characters like let's Black Panther. You're not going to race swap Black Panther because it's a key thing, key thing to that character is his race. So you can't do things like that. But but when you're going for talent and races races issue. Which it shouldn't be anyway, but you know, you know, they did a great job. I mean, you got you got Pedro Pascal, who's of Latin heritage, you know, 
in the game, that this dude, dude straight up boy Texan, which, which as far as white boys are concerned, Texans are a different, different breed. And he nailed it. Nailed it. He had the he had the draw, draw he had the accent going on. Um, he been anybody that I've met in my years in Texas, you know. So, so I I was from the time from the time till the time it ended, I, I was entertained. It was close enough to the game games for me to keep me me interested. And at the end of end of it, I was loving more, which is which is more than you can ask for 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 a series. Okay. Um, do you have an opinion when they do that? I, I think you have a little bit more of a laissez-faire attitude on that, Doc, uh, based on previous interviews. Does it bother you when they swap things up like that? I think as long as they're maintaining true to the character and it doesn't bother me as much. I mean, as as Nick pointed out, like Black Panther, you know, the, the cast and crazy Asians, you can't couldn't change those up. But like... Um, there is something nice sometimes about when they've done things like they traded out, um, it was a gender swap of Starbuck from the original to the new Battlestar Galactica. It did really well for the series. It added depth to that character. It didn't take away. And, but the other thing that was also really nice is it gave people who could, they could identify, you know, there's lots of people, everybody knows what a tech kind of like Texans and um but it's nice sometimes to have just not the same flat cookie cutter and sometimes you do that by hiring the, a different actor that doesn't look as white bread but the nice thing also is you they picked amazing actors and I that is really the most important part of doing it is can they do the role We've actually talked about this in other episodes. I actually think the gender swapping of Starbuck and Battlestar Galactica is the perfect example of how to do it right because Starbuck was so close to the Adama family and switching the genders and making it the romantic relationship between Starbuck and the deceased younger son and how that all, we won't go too far in depth, but that all actually added it added to the story. It wasn't just insert whatever flavor of the week. It added to the story. That's how you do it right. And I think... This movie, this uh, Last of Us, seems to fit the how you do it right if they're going to. Um, but having come at it only from the perspective of I've seen the show, season one, episode one, um, I, I'm only going off what the forums are saying. And sometimes the fans that get online and vent, they're not the average run-of-the-mill fans. Sometimes they can be a little bit more rabid, unique, unique special, um, in any fandom. Aggressive, radical. So I, I don't know that it represents what everyone was saying, but I've got a sound know what I'm talking about. So I faked it and I cribbed a few notes from them. I've <laughs> seen more hate about Ellie's casting than I have seen for Sarah's casting. People do not like Ellie's casting because for some reason they wanted Ashley Johnson to come play Ellie, who was her original actor in the video games. Um, obviously she's not going to play a 14-year-old girl when she's a 30-some-odd old woman but she is in the tv show you can actually see her in the trailer she's the woman holding the baby which is baby ellie i didn't even catch that i, I remember they showed that but i didn't catch that that was her okay i didn't catch that either see this is what we're talking about but a lot of the actors a lot of the, a lot of the actors from the, from the game do have different roles in inside series which is really really cool yeah, that, and they add their experience with the franchise as well. So, like, you know, the, the attention to detail because those people were there from the beginning. 
So uh, before we start talking plot and other cool things, we're going to pause for a moment while we shamelessly shell for the man. Here comes your next romp in the graveyard. In Hunters for Hire, a new urban fantasy adventure by best-selling author Jonathan Yanez, a guy down on his luck puts sign twirling and rideshare driving on the back burner to track down the supernatural for a pretty penny. Find out what happens when John Hunter enters the secret underworld. Download your copy and start listening today. Now available on Amazon and Audible. So last question with uh, with the characters. Were there any secondary characters that really spoke to you that uh, from this first episode? I, I, so I'll go first. The little boy that you see, he's got, he, like, he literally shows up and passes out in front of the gates and they bring him in and then, you know, he tests positive for the, for the uh, zombie virus and, you know, this, the, that him, you know, going through his death in uh, the cop, it was sitting there while well, she was wearing police uniform. I, I think she's just like quarantine security holding his hand and telling him sweet little lies about how they're going to get him his favorite food and play with all the toys he could ever want. And then cut to the grim, like, and it was kind of hopeful. And then they cut right to where they're burning his body and he's like wrapped in, uh, in sheets. Like and I all thought you see is the shoes. Yeah. yeah. The actress that played that, that security agent and that little boy, like they nailed it. Like that was very moving. It, it added for such a small, like maybe two minutes of the show. Like it added so much emotional emotional depth. I thought that was uh, for me that was the the standout as far as the secondary or bit characters. What about everyone else? Mine was well, probably oh. no. Go ahead, Mila. Hi. Mine was probably Robert. Um, now he was just so scummy, and I like to see how even in the TV show they really capture how scummy Robert's actions are. Like trying to sell the battery, the car battery twice, and you know, escaping an explosion from the fireflies and then ending up getting shot by Marlene and that woman with one ear, you know. I just enjoyed seeing that. In her defense, she had two ears when the firefight started. True, true. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one too. I, I, I didn't know enough about him. Um, so was he was he a scumbag in the game franchise too? Yes, so in the game, it's a little bit different. So after we meet Joel and um, Tess and the QZ, they actually go to hunt down Robert. He had stolen ration cards. Their goal in the game was never to get the car battery. We don't even know about Tommy in that part of the game. Um, he had, uh, we, you got to sneak through, kill a bunch of Robert's guys. Then you eventually get to Robert, and Joel, I know, it was Tess snaps his arm. And then when she learns he got rid of whatever they were looking for, she shoots him, and that's when Marlene shows up. So that that point in the game is where you meet Marlene. But he was scummy, and he hid behind his guys. Ultra trash in, in the game and maybe a quarter of it in the series. Okay. He, what did you yeah, guys he, was, he, was he was trash in the game. What did you think of him, Sabby? He definitely pulled off scummy. He definitely pulled that off as an actor. He definitely pulled off scummy. Like just everything about him being from him being confrontational till the bitter end. He he definitely pulled that off. But if we're really going to talk about secondary characters that kind of hit you hit you in the heart, 
got to remember that little girl that, or that woman that told uh, Pedro Pascal, you know, I can't do this when I can't do it because she realized that it was a kid in the tart. You can tell she's a mom and you can feel the pain of her just like, I I can't throw a kid into the fire. Like, I, I just can't do it. And something about that moment would just really tugged at my heartstrings as a mom. I was just in there like, oof, yeah, I don't think I could do that either. So, Doc, you know, you are a mom, but we have medical proof that you don't have a heart. So did it did it like almost maybe warm it up a little bit for you? Or, or are you still certifiably uh, heartless? Um, so this is really, and like those scenes really drove home. Like I, I wanted, I did not watch this with my child. Let's just put that right there. Firm line. No kid. Um, but it made me want to like go and wake my kid up and cuddle my kid and, and take their vitals and 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 monitor them okay i'm just gonna be honest this, this is how she expresses emotion for people that she cares about she has vitals <laughs> i i it, but so, i like it, it so i mean it did get me though i think honestly the probably the character the side minor characters that i liked in some ways the best were the two scientists and the interviewer at the beginning so, and, and oh, so, but, um, and I think I liked them because I liked that scene because it set the stage of there is science here and, um, which makes it both realistic and more scary, but it's also something that a lot of the zombie type stuff like, um, Resident Evil, they really gloss over any of the plausibility in the science of it they all gloss over this is the first one where they explain through science no, there's this this is the first media one that... black tide rising and several other science fiction novels will but... you know i don't know i don't think anyone else had the good graces not to mention they made a graphic novel i have one i'll send it to you actually no i won't send it to you it's signed by the artist so um <laughs> sad, but sad, you sad can go face. get one i'll send you the link yeah, send me the link because oh, I want to read it. Doc mentioned <clears throat> that she didn't watch it with her her young son. So just so we're clear, this is rated TV mature. Um, it's um, it's TV through a paywall, so they don't actually technically have to rate it because it's their property. They're showing it, but um, the Rotten Tomato website calls it a TV mature. So we'll go with that. So bear that in mind if this makes you want to go watch it. That you know, plan accordingly. Don't bring, with your don't, don't bring the littles with you. Teenage probably okay. okay. You do. I don't want to know that you did. No, I um, I let Kaden watch a lot of horror movies. We all know that I'm the the horror queen in the house. But even this, I was like, mm, let me watch the first episode first, and then I'll make the decision if I'm gonna let him watch it. And even I'm at the point where I'm like, mm, maybe not. There's just so much blood and gore and cursing and. I wouldn't. I don't even have kids yet. I wouldn't want let my future kids watch this. I mean, my son's seen my every thing. single Friday the Thirteenth, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I knew I had friends who let their um, then first grader watch Sleepy Hollow back when that was on on. That's and, a good show. I love. Yeah, that but show. then they wondered why he didn't want to sleep at night and didn't never made the connection. I guess in their heads, but um. Yeah, no, this is definitely, I think it's also just so dark. 
I, I really don't think kids need to be exposed to that level of dark. But that's me in my two cents. As a person who has played the video games, uh, it's going to get a lot, a lot darker because we've basically only seen what goes on in the quarantine zone and then they're headed out into the barren lands. Like, it I think gets this worse. one of the two games that I actually confiscated from my ex who would play it while I was sleeping loud enough I could hear it in the bedroom. You could have just got him a head. <laughs> He had a headset. He refused to use it. Therefore, he lost the game. All At right. least it wasn't Silent Hill because those sirens will wake you up out of a dead sleep. No, it was this and there was another one. And it may have been Silent Hill or something with space zombies. I don't know. Probably dead space. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Both of them were confiscated. Me and you are my people and I love you. All right. So I love you too, Nick. So the next part of the uh, to the reviewing of the episode is we'll talk about the plot. So obviously there's going to be an overarching plot because this is a series. They've got season one. They've In the trailer, you saw scenes that didn't make it into episode one, so you know they've probably filmed a lot of it already. Um, and so we'll speak specifically of the plot of, epi of episode one. Um, what did you guys think of it? I thought it was perfect. It, it basically did two things. It set up the world. It introduced you to the important characters and then sort of showed their desire to, you know, the overarching mission of going to get Tommy and, and Ellie sort of tags along at the end. Um, so I thought, you know, as an overall plot, it was very simple, but it was also very obvious they were setting, in my opinion, setting up for a bigger payoff later. Yeah. Um, so I was satisfied. It's kind of hard to judge a plot on an episodic sort of TV series because, you know, it's it's all small pieces to the larger part, you know. Yeah, and if they do it right, though, you kind of kind of see where they're going. Like with this one did. It had everything that you could possibly want in a world-building for a series. It gave you just enough information to, to say, this is where we're going going for now. And this is where we're going to go, go a little later. And it's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's hard off. It, it seems like it with a lot of TV. But these, these guys killed it. These guys nailed a accepted accepted source material. They, I mean, some of the the, uh, the shots from the game are, are for frame in the in the T series. Exactly. I was when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, that happened in the game. Oh, that's what's his name's farm yeah. that's on fire. Oh, that's laying on the couch and Joel's laying on the couch and Ellie's walking around. That's line for line, screen for screen. Especially with Sarah's watch, where she's like, "I sell drugs." Hardcore drugs. That's an exact yeah. line from the game. There's a lot of pick pickups. Like we both both caught those. Like, oh my god, that's from the game. That's the game. And then like everyone, exactly. everyone you're a weirdo. weirdo. And, like, and, I didn't, you know, but it just came came out. You know, scene from Back to the Future. It's like, how is this new? It just aired today. You know. The other thing that they did with that scene where they showed the I sell drugs, hardcore drugs, and the way she delivered it. It very clearly in the first few minutes without saying a lot showed a healthy father-daughter relationship that, you know, in, in a media saturated with content that isn't always as kind to the dads, the dads tend to exist to be, you know, the butt of the joke, the incompetent moron. And, and so to see them show everybody as strong without having to have someone else be weak, that alone was groundbreaking in modern, I think, television. I think the way they did it. $60 their parents' wallet or purse to get the, their parents again. She's an honest thief. That's right. She even said that. Honest honest thief. Thief. I think as parents, we all know that our kids will do will uh, do some really odd things and sometimes some shady things with the right reason. 
What I was sitting there thinking was like, what if that money was to pay the bills? I mean, that's what I was thinking in that moment. Did y'all have to run the watch? <laughs> that'd, that'd be horrible. That's the gift of the Magi right there. And the other- <laughs> Let's be honest, that's how I bought Nick's Christmas present. I just take it straight out of his bank account. It, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. She put the change back, so she's an honest thief, which was, which was nice. So, oh, she uh, didn't put the change back. She, she kept it for snacks here. No, no, she said she put it back. No, yeah, she, she said she took 60 and put 20. Uh, she said she took 60. The watch cost 20. And then she put the rest back. No, honey, I'm putting you on blast. Dishonesty will, will not stand in this house. house honesty. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're married. Oh, right. You're married. It's hers too. End of story. Hey, hey. Let me yeah. give you the sweet part. She bought me snacks too with my own money. <laughs> you know what? That was very considerate of you, Madam Stabby. Well done. You know Why what? There are many ways to show your love. The fact that she puts up with you, doesn't smother you in your sleep, and feeds you are all ways she shows her love. See, that's oh, a healthy relationship right there. So speaking of healthy relationship, that's a horrible segue, but we're going to talk about world building. So we're going to focus heavily on Nick and Mila because they actually have played the games and watched the show. But in the pre-show, before we hit record, when we were you know, letting everyone feel comfortable with each other, uh, Mila and Nick, you both were talking about some of the scenes that were in the show that were like – Easter eggs for the larger series, and then that would pay, play important roles later. So you guys want to talk about some of that? Because that's clutch world building right there. Now, before I even start talking, you're going to need to stop me. if I, I can talk about this for hours, okay? So if I start dragging along, just go, hey, Mila, shut up. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> First question. You're good. First question, Mila, and completely serious about this. Nick is all about Xbox. My PlayStation is in our bedroom because he's not a PlayStation guy. Should I download the game? Yes, I think everybody should download this game. It is a beautiful game with beautiful storytelling. It pulls you in. Now, I literally grew up with this franchise. It came out when I was either 11 or 12. So, of course, I'm going to speak it up. But, you know, you just got to play it for yourself and fall in love with it like I did. But um, back to the point i think a lot of the scenes a lot of the easter eggs you kind of had to look for some like when sarah comes down um you can see a guitar which is joel's guitar but he pronounces it guitar and then you can see sarah's soccer ball now you don't know that sarah played soccer in the tv show but she played it in the game in fact um joel has a picture of him and sarah in the game with her after uh, with a soccer trophy after winning um and it's very important to joel and he promised Ellie he would teach her how to play guitar. So these, those are the two tiny ones that I really caught on to. So while you were talking, Nick looked it up in the first um, video game. Uh, first, The Last of Us ep- 1 came out in 2014. So for, for point of reference for everybody. Um, but what about you, Nick? Did you see anything in there that was sort of Easter eggs for you uh, that hinted at the larger world building? No, no, I have to say, it was the scene that I thought I talked earlier where Joel's on the, ca- on the couch and he's, he's engaging with Ellie. And, and, you know, in true Joel, Joel fact, in the right t- tone, how he sat laid on the couch, you know, he's like, hey, I'm, hey, I'm you know, I want some sleep. So just he was very nonchalant. He could really, really grab what Ellie was trying to say to him because, because they haven't built that, that relationship yet. But you know, it's coming. 
So uh, it's one of, one of the things that stopped me because, because I'll be honest here, I've only played a little bit of part two. two. I did play part one. Part oh, one. goodness. I didn't know I catch up to you. I, I'm big, girl. I'm busy. I'm running a comp company. But, um, <laughs> so the oh. first game came out in 2012. The remastered came out in 2014. You're right. Oh, oh. my God. I, I enjoy being schooled. Some people like will get will get rap axle, but you're, so, you're absolutely. We were talking like you said in the pre-show, uh, Mila. You mentioned something about they changed the spores versus uh, with the fungus or something. Oh yes. So in the, the original video spores? games, there was spores. So you could there was I think three ways you can get infected in The Last of Us: a bite, a scratch, and then the spores breathing in um spores well they changed that in the show so there's no more spores anymore instead yeah. they got this weird mouth fungus type thing um it's gross to look at but cool at the same time do you, do you think they're gonna introduce the spores later on like an evolving type type thing like even walking dead dead like the zombie started evolving do you think they're gonna introduce the spores later on I don't think so because on social media I've heard uh, that they just completely took it out. I don't know if it's because they didn't want to have to deal with the hassle of the gas mask they use in the game, or it would just be a hindrance. But I heard they weren't going to do it. I would probably guess since they they want their big star actors, their faces is shown. Yeah, they're not well, going to be because like I remember in the game you're wearing gas mask mask quite a bit. Yeah, but and I mean, and one of those actors has already expressed the his frustration of being in a property where his face was really unseen. Only wearing this twenty five percent of the time. It's it's kid, but I digress. So the other thing that was mentioned as beautiful face. So the other thing that was mentioned as a distinction between the video game version and the the TV was the delivery method event initially. Um, Mila, you were saying in the pre-show that it was uh, something about chocolate and coffee in the games instead of the tainted flower. Is that right? Okay. Well, uh, we're going to assume I got it right since her connection is uh, is dying um, and and go from there. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that people were talking about was the delivery method changed. Um, I thought that's kind of interesting because um, anybody who studies like the Salem witch trials realizes we suspect the people were actually tripping on uh, LSD from the ergot poisoning from the, uh, from the tainted bread. It sounds uh, like a good time to me. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, and so having tainted flour actually fits historical trends versus um, uh, the chocolate and the coffee. Mila, we were talking about the uh, delivery method being slightly different as well. So in, uh, and- I don't know if this is 100% canon because I can't exactly remember where I heard this, but I heard that in the original game, it was spread through chocolate and coffee. So that's how it got to a bunch of the world because, you know, we drink a lot of coffee and we eat a lot of chocolate. And we mix them. Yes, exactly. Double no, whammy. Double whammy. Yeah, that sounds like a good time to me until I turn, turn to a D, but <laughs> um, yeah, the, that, the original delivery method was... Um, and goods of coffee, coffee because it spreads all over the world quicker. And, and they never said that tainted flour could be definitely a thing too. It's a thing that a fungus would attach itself to, and, and chocolate is some kind of fungus going to attach to. And so for 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 the rest of the little bit about the world building before we move on to the cinematography, I, I will say that there were things that I saw where that you know there's some sort of shambling looking creature that kind of bloater. 
Okay. You saw him on the roof on the shot where they're leaving. Oh, that's a clicker. When they're going through the fence. And so you're starting to see other pieces, other versions and evolutions of these zombies around where you just see a little bit of it here or there. I, I think the way they aged all the equipment to show that like times have been hard, I think uh, was, was sort of peak world building. And it's the little details like that, that, um, that you could do easily in a movie, you get to work a little harder for it. I think in, in written form, but like one of the guards at the light near the entrance, he's got a very obvious bullet wound or bullet hole on his helmet, meaning that the last person that wore it didn't come out so good. Cause sort of like the bottom of the riot shield, the cops wear that helmet, that glass plate had a bullet through it at the bottom. So if you look at it on his face, that went through and struck whoever was wearing its, you know, brain pan, right? I didn't even notice that. That's an amazing catch, JR. Well, they uh, did they did a lot of detail, like um like like the Nokia phone that was above the girl's head at one point when she was getting off the bus, which did release that year. Because those Nokia phones would last for her, man. They're indestructible. Jokes aside, they actually found one in a uh, New York City that had been is in someone's pocket that had been killed for whatever reason. The dead body just fell into the cement as they were pouring a foundation. No, no speculations how that could have happened. Look at Seska. <laughs> and when they pulled it out, they plugged that in, charged it, and it turned on. After twenty years of being buried in concrete, you could run over that thing with a tank, and it would last. And now you got these like you look at an Apple phone wrong, and it's cracking. My phone cracked today. My brand new feet. phone. I dropped the Nokia. Nokia have a hungry going 60 miles an hour. And you probably didn't even drop the call. You're still probably talking to your girlfriend. Yeah. So, so I think the world building that they did outside of any ties to the game, just as a general standalone property, uh, I think they it was it was well done because that's the one thing people forget is it's like how everything breaks down when you don't have the infrastructure greasing the wheels. Uh, and so that's one of the things where when people talk about that, there's a really good, um, is it, was it the history channel or um, discovery channel? I don't remember. It's called life after people. And they sort of evaluate, like they break down and science types have said, Oh, they got this right. They got that wrong. But as a general rule, they talk about what life would look like if all the humans just dropped dead tomorrow. Like what happens to the world around you? I actually know about what would happen. Even if there was some humans left, we would all die because nuclear fallout. With nobody to kind of keep check of all the nuclear power plants, it would be like Chernobyl times 100. Yep. And so the uh, the funny thing, though, that I like, this is a little bit of world building from the beginning, is very obvious that this is taking place in America because we've got zombie breakout. So what do we do? We want to bomb the hell out of it. I said the same exact thing. Every zombie movie or TV show, they bomb the major cities, hoping that will help. But I mean, it was Tony Shark. That's how it did it. That's how America does it. And it worked out pretty well so far. And the funny thing is, they do talk about that in the games. And uh, I think Joel, it's a conversation between Joel and Ellie. They talk about how they bombed the major cities and it helped for a little bit. And then it just got worse again. Yeah. It's a, the, the, I think they even said that it was a Band-Aid fix to like a, a, a sub-limb. You know? Just, yeah. Just, it wasn't going to work. It was going to help for a little bit, bit. But no, things are about to, about to get worse. I mean, if I had well, to... I mean, Sorry, go ahead. If I had to choose between instant death getting blown up and slow agonizing death and becoming a zombie, I guess those guys lucked out. 
because life is pretty grim for the average person in this sort of zombie post-apocalyptic wasteland. If it's Walking Dead zombies, I'm staying and I'm trying. If it's anything else, I'm gone. Sorry. I know I'm safe when it comes to World War Z zombies. You just had to have cancer at some point in your life. That isn't true according to the books. You're thinking about the movie, girly. <laughs> hey, I'm... The, the book said they didn't care about the cancer. At some point in my life, I had to start deciding between books and movies, and I started leaning towards movies because they were cheaper. True. Yes, it's true. My fault. So, so let's talk about things. Since, since we are reviewing a film adaptation of uh, the property, what did you guys think of the cinematography? It was beautiful. Gorgeous. I think they could have done, uh, when they're walking outside the QZ towards Boston, I thought the buildings looked beautiful, but you could definitely tell it was CGI. Of course it's going to be. I thought they could have done it a little bit better, though. That, 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 that's a fair assessment of it. Um, the cinematography, as, as far as Shotman is concerned, it was it was really good. Um, hardly anything that was, was center frame, unless it had a purpose, and it, and it did. Um Whoever the cinematographer is, is definitely a student of 5C, 5C cinematography, which I am as well. Um, works any type of, of um, dual medium. So, and it was beautifully, beautifully, and impact. It had it had emotion. Um, it would attention, which is all the things that you want to you want to do in placement. Um, I'll give it a four and a, four and a half out of five. Yeah, I didn't go full Blair Witch Project, which is the shaky camera that would make you like want to shoot yourself. I don't uh, think I could watch it if it was like that. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think it was good. It was just enough motion to sort of set the scene for the chaos without being um, too much. So I thought it was a good blend. And uh, the lighting, I will say that because it was the dark, because it's a grim, dark kind of setting, you definitely need to get the full effect. You need to watch this in a dark room, I think. No. Why not, Doc? Because she's scared of zombies. Zombies. <laughs> I just grab a stuffed animal and beal. Jesus. For lack of brain power and the blindly going after that bugs me. I don't understand why people like it so much. Am I the only person that is now interested in seeing a movie about a zombie Bambi? A zombie baby? Bambi. Like the deer? I think they already yeah, did the baby Bambi. one. And now I'm thinking about a zombie Bambi. So, and, and that's your fault. Bambi is in public domain now, so you could do that uh, if you if you want to be so creative out there, people. Nick could draw the comic. I'm the making combat Bambi a revenge tale. They released... <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Somebody. They released um, uh, images of infected animals, The Last of Us uh, Games did. So you can see infected giraffes, infected dogs. There's even an infected lion. It was concepts for the second game that they didn't go through with. But you can find them out there. Well, it's in the art book, actually. You can find it on Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah. For all that, that they infected everybody. Like their world building on the video game, game side of the house. Uh, it's amazing artwork. I want to, uh, another thing I noticed with the cinematography was um, when Joel was waking up from his little catnap on the couch, he looked just like Joel, like Pedro Pascal did. I looked at that and I said, that's Joel right there. Um, some YouTubers bit side to side and I was just 
amazed at how close Pedro, Pedro portrayal of Joel in that in that moment because it was shot 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 scene for scene movement for movement and I was like yeah yes we're gonna go really good show show at us especially the zoom in on his broken watch that I mean I think that's a very good detail of how he does he still remembers Sarah he doesn't forget about her he keeps that watch even though it's broken and even Ellie points out that it's broken in that scene. Yeah. You know. All right. So I think I think those uh, that's just another one of those examples of uh, well done world building. Um, and I went in expecting because, you know, when you see modern you know adaptations of films, I'm like, OK, they're going to ruin my childhood kind of thinking. I, I don't know. I think they nailed it on this one. So speaking of, we normally review the movie posters. I realize, dear listener, dear viewer, that this is a relic of a bygone era that even have a movie poster. But I like them. And uh, they still make them, so we'll keep reviewing them. But, but I think they're coming back because you, in the digital format, just like with book covers, you want them distinctive when you're just scrolling through. That's beautiful, but to me, it looks like the fungus kind of looks like placenta. <laughs> See, it didn't really even look like fungus to me. It looked more like um, seaweed. Look at them going. Yeah, and then here's another one. Um, this the this is the other one of the other movie posters. Did you um, find the images, Jr. from when they did a pre-showing of the TV show, and they decorated the whole place to kind of look like a QZ, and oh, they had um, they had like fake cordyceps crawling up the walls and fake QZ posters. It was amazing. So the, the good thing is these posters are out there in high def. So if you want to get them and download them on your computer, people, you can uh, zoom in all together. And then we've got one more. Oh, that's the same one. Okay. Um, so the first one gave me very I Am Legend vibes. Oh, yes. And then the second one gave me very Divergent vibes. Wait, go to the second one. Oh, that is Divergent. Yeah. The and third one was like, the trailer. Okay, and... so that would probably pull me in because I love Divergent. I love I Am Legend, and I'm like, okay, that would probably pull me in more than like the IMDb description of what the show is about. Yeah, that I looks like, so I like, cool. I liked both of them because they they the actors are there, the characters are there, but they're not the entire focus of the art. So it sort of draws you into the world through that art image. So I think I think they were really well done. Did anybody else have any opinions on those before we uh we talk about? Oh uh, yeah, I got. Yeah, I'd like to talk about. Uh, unless someone wants to go first. <laughs> I was just gonna say, do you notice the lack of one specific person in both these images? Who are you talking about? Um, yes, she's missing from both images. So. Yeah, it's almost like a head fake, right? Like it, yeah. Like it's like it's dark. That's side side. Um, what I really really like like about that here is that uh, your focus here is kind of towards this organic aerial, which is which is kind of tell you that it's, it's not your typical dystopian being, because because it doesn't look like a sense to me. It looks like something thing. But, I got seaweed out of it. Uh, yeah, some, something oceanic. Something from the sea, um, but that's what I already knew about, about it. That is, I was like, oh, okay, I, it's a stretch, but I, I can see the fungi guy come out of there. But but I, how it start, starts here in the 
corner left, left Boz, your eye, your eye through the, the topography here, here, the last of them. And then it kind of, kind of like focuses you to the two figures in the center. You almost, almost don't even see everything else. Sort of it's almost like uh, it's an afterthought. But you definitely see the threat. And that gives you a little prelude to like what's going on with the shows that whatever, whatever this is, is going, going after. So uh, from, the, from the graphic design stand point, which is why, why you guys came to this show, show and you feed me, feed me booze. Um, that is that is my intention of it. And I think it effectively works as a movie poster. And I love movie posters. I got like them in the house. Um, yeah, that, this alone would have sold me before I even... If like if I was going into this this cold and saw this poster, that would sell, would sell me. Okay, this looks really really dynamic, and I want to know, know more about this. And I would have been been scared last Sunday night, like I was watching the show to figure out what's going on. I, the movie poster sold it for me too. What about you, Saska? Uh, the movie poster really did nothing for me. It reminded me of a video game. Okay, what about I you, Savvy? Oh, go ahead. You're still talking. I'm sorry. I think the trailer did probably more for making me curious about it than. Everything else combined. All right. What about you, Stabby? So HBO actually did a TikTok version of the trailer, and that's how I came across it. And I loved it so much in that 30-second TikTok that I sent it to Nick via text message, Facebook Messenger, as well as through TikTok, just to make sure he understood that I wanted to watch this. And he's like, you know, it's based off a of video game and i'm like okay well i need that video game now so. you can borrow mine girl i'll share i have a ps4 in my room and we're going to target tomorrow see she target. knows what's good she knows what's up <laughs> Spend his money. Tomorrow, my, my money's already gone girl girl so uh speaking of the money's always gone uh we're gonna close this out with our overall thinking on the episode one season one of the last of us we're on HBO Max, so we're going to start uh, in the top. So we'll start with you, Doc. What was your, uh, on a scale of one to five, and your overall thoughts? I mean, I thought the acting and the production value were top-notch, so i definitely give it tens on those. Um, even with it not being, like, the genre I typically like, I will probably at some point watch more of it, just because there was enough there to want to, kind of pull part of my brain in into it. It's just, I think for me, it's going to be one of those, It ha I have to be in the right mood at the right time, probably with daylight on and where <laughs> I can like maybe put a vital monitor on my child. I don't know, something. Such a girl. <laughs> you know what? My ovaries are just fine. So uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> Stabby, what was your overall thoughts on this and what would you rate it on a scale of one to five? It definitely gets a five for me. The cinematography is beautiful. The world building is beautiful. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, they show the aging of the people. They show the aging of the monsters, the aging of the the um, vehicles and the batteries and everything. But they also show the aging of the money because they show the $20 bill in the beginning and then they show what a 20 looks like later. And I love that. Uh, the acting is great. So definitely I will be watching this entire series and then probably going back and playing the game. So I get all those Easter eggs. I was definitely a Silent Hill girl. And I loved when the movie came out because I caught all those Easter eggs. Now I feel like I'm, I'm slacking and I need to catch up. Silent <laughs> Hill scares me. All right. And since you're the, uh, the guest, 
Uh, Mila, what did, what was your overall thoughts? And then on a scale of one to five, I would have to give it a five. Even if I didn't play the games, I thought it was beautiful, and I like how they didn't stray too far from the games and. That's what I was in it for, honestly. If they wouldn't have put any of that stuff from the games into the TV show, I would have put, I would have turned my HBO off, canceled my subscription, and went on with my life. So I have to give it a five. Okay. What about you, Nick? All right. So I'm going to give it a four out of five, uh, Nook Thumbs. Um, and I'm only nitpicking here, here because of some of that CGI inconsistency. Um, when that, um, I think it was a really good adaptation. I think it's prob- probably about 5% accurate right now. We'll see how we go as we move. But um, the character building, the, the um, I really like the storytelling about Joel, a man that's lost, lost, lost everything and how he would be. Um, I, I, I felt like a connection to that, that character, and I cannot wait to... to watch episodes of the, of the show and if they're not paying me because I'm not that special but I think it's I think it's a really cool I think the cinematography was great um the acting is top notch they got really great actors to play every role even people that people that didn't have a whole lot of acting experience they really really just and they got into these roles roles and I think that's some and uh I, I'm really looking forward to more so so 4.5 out of five all right 4.5. Okay. I, I would give it five out of five, having known, have, knowing nothing about the franchise until after I watched episode one. Uh, I've always been a Halo, um, Halo guy, so it was Xbox, not PlayStation uh, for me. But uh, knowing nothing else about this um, this franchise, just watching this season, and I'm not normally a zombie guy. Like, I, I didn't, The Walking Dead got a little too. Um, More about the people, less about the zombies. Well, no, it also it got to be repetitive to me. Like, and I read the graphic novel too. Uh, it just is almost like it was just a meandering story with no real plot and no arc and no conclusion. So it lost me after a while. And then everyone in a zombie world that you care about starts to die. At a certain point in time, you lose interest. So this was unique uh, take on it for me, which I liked. Um, it kept me interested start to finish. The world building was, was well done. The, uh, the attention to detail was well done. You often see Hollywood missing those little details. Uh, when it comes to like what happens to uh, weapons and, and military gear as it ages. So um, yeah, I would say it was a five out of five for me. And on that note, since uh, Madam Stabby and Mila are only, you know, well, only since they, they aren't out there with social media for a profession, uh, we're just going to wrap up with, I'm going to tell you how you can find us uh, and then we'll bring this puppy to a close. So just so you know, we've shared our overall thoughts. You should share yours in the comment section. Be sure to weigh in. It's important. We value your opinions too. Watch it along with us. That could be fun. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email the show at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash uh, groups. Uh, backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, backslash groups, backslash Blasters and Blades podcast. We do have that Facebook page. Not quite enough views, um, follows yet to give it a dedicated URL, but if you look for us, it's there. Uh, we have a website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. Again, anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades. 
where you could support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help keep the lights on, or you could support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hanley, where uh, you can support the show and help keep the lights on. And if you dedicate and donate, we might just be able to crowdfund getting Madam Stabby a copy of The Last of Us 1, 2, and 12, or however many they are. There's um, two plus a DLC. Well, there you go. So uh, you'll keep us duly intoxicated uh, and gamified, and we will drink till our liver explodes because we're no quitters. I'm boring, though, Doc. I'm drinking water today. How boring is that? Well, you know, we are doing it in January. Just say you're doing dry January. You know, watching out that liver, taking care of yourself. Sure. I'm doing it to be mature and grown up and stuff. Yeah, Doc, well, anyways, while JR, like, chokes on the fact that he almost managed to do it with a straight face um we're gonna let you guys go have a wonderful time thank you for joining us let please like follow share let us know if you want more of this kind of content or what you want more of because otherwise we're just screaming into the void um which jair's used to because that's how he communicates but um true story it, it is a very true story it's okay one day you'll grow up and stay hungry, my friends. <laughs> we'll be back next time, same place, enjoying our love of torturing JR, nerd culture, cheesy jokes. Maybe we can get more Miss Stabby, Madam Stabby pants. Um, who knows what will happen next? <laughs> Other than I'm going to go have some pineapple. Not on pizza, I hope. That's a war crime. With ham on my pizza. All right. We're in the show. Aww.